Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Hey, here we are on episode nine, season two of Who's Bekistan? So, um, looking at what I am excited about. This year, I just keep finding myself in all of these interesting social situations at various receptions and gallery openings and fundraisers and charity events, and I don't even, I don't even know what. Um, it seems to be one thing after the next, and find myself interacting with very, influent, very influential Uzbeks, like big business kind of people. So, one of these is, I guess we'll call it the owner of my school, for lack of a better way. I think it's actually a group of owners, but, but he's the one I know. So, um, anyway, so I was at a barbecue at his house a few weeks ago. Then this weekend, uh, a colleague of mine had organized the teachers to go out and eat lunch. But several people ended up canceling. But the person who I'm just going to call the big fish, the big, so it ended up being my colleague and I and the big fish out to eat lunch on Saturday. So, um, you know, who's a very, very nice person, very approachable, very easy to talk to. But, you know, I kind of read between the lines and I think is probably one of Uzbekistan's most successful uh, business people, or, or certainly a very successful business person. And so he told us the story about how he opened our university and all the research that went into that, uh, visiting different universities in the region and in the UK, trying to find a partner university and looking at who would not only allow my school to use their name but would also provide support and how to run the school and I believe he said they visited and talked with was it over was it 12 over 12 I don't know but but ended up going with there's a university in the UK that is my school's partner organization and you know one topic that mentors had tried to help him with is how to make a school profitable and how you charge per credit hour, and how that leads to the functionality of the school financially. And those were just issues I had never thought about or heard about, you know, being a veteran of the public school. So I just thought that was neat. And it is just the, the access to power here that, I mean, I, I don't believe I've ever talked with the owner of a company in my life, other than maybe someone who owns a small business or something. So, yeah. And, you know, it makes me wonder, like, how is this person this successful? What did they do? How did they get this vision? But, like I said, carries himself in a very, very kind of nonchalant, pleasing, easy-to-access manner. So, that's just interesting. Uh, there's certainly a barrage of questions I wish I could have asked him, but, you know, trying to play my hand slowly. 
And, you know, it was clear he kind of wanted to, to tell us the story of the university. And so I just tried not to get us too far off topic. But certainly emphasize that as these dignitaries come to town, um, I'm available for invitations to cocktail parties. Just let me know where I need to show up and wear my dress. So there's probably lots more I could say about that, but not over the interweb. So anyway, yeah, so that, that's just interesting to be able to have a normal conversation with the owner of my school. Uh, moving on, what am I puzzled by? Unfortunately, there were a little couple bumps in the road at school recently, and a person on the administrative team who is new at the school, you know, made some comments I really didn't appreciate, and there's just all this talk about, like, oh, the students' rights, the classes are optional, well, if the students want to play on their phone, that's what they can do. They don't have to come. It's okay if they play in the hallway. The attendance doesn't matter. Um, you know, from this particular person. And it was just really, really hurtful. Because I have worked like a dog, you know, trying to get the best way possible to teach these students how to write an academic essay. And that's far above their ability level. And have, you know, encouraged them to come, take attendance, fuss at them for being late, make sure that we maximize our instructional time, that we get the most out of the most out of our time together, build community. You know, all of these things that were highlighted in my job interview there. If, you know, how do you, in the job interview, they ask, you know, how do you motivate unmotivated motivated students? How do you develop critical thinking skills? Um, you know, how do you manage a class? And, and I, I had to put on this big teacher talk that indicated that it was a real school. But the comments from this person made me feel like, well, maybe it's not a real school. And maybe this just is a diploma factory which is incongruous with the aforementioned Big Fish, who has numerous times we have spoken about that the degree should be worth something, they should have to work to get it, um, encouraging students to develop time management skills, and, and all of those things. So, yeah, I mean, and I believe this person's area of specialty is management. It's like, wow, what a, a bad job managing people to leave me feeling so unvalued, that my efforts were so unvalued and that the standards for the students are so low. And then made a comment that, well, because, you know, I'm not very experienced teaching at a university. And as this person described schools that they had taught at, where like, oh, the kids lay on the table asleep and, well, at least they speak some English. And I wanted to say, well, it sounds like you are revealing that you have taught at some very low-quality institutions. And I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in raising the quality of education here, not lowering it. So hopefully it's blown over. But yeah, just very puzzled by why would anybody... And this is not a local person who said this, but it is a person from a developing country... Why would anybody want to keep standards so low? Why would anybody not want to have students accountable for learning and participating in class? So, 
hopefully that's blown over, but it, it's puzzling, it's frustrating, it's disappointed, and it left me feeling very unmotivated. So I'm trying to roll through the next few weeks, see what the outcome of these essays are, and I'm curious to see how it will go. But I'm about the business of raising standards. I'm about the business of teaching, and I'm about the business of students have expectations and responsibilities and obligations to meet as a student. That's what I'm about. So anyway, uh, yeah, so here we are in the December holiday season. Got uh, lots of nice plans coming up, I, I believe so, and, and other things on the horizon. So, how long will I stay? Uh, definitely rolling along and year, here in year two and, you know, I guess probably at the beginning of second semester we'll begin to think, will there be a year three or not? But, uh, but yeah, you know, but, but generally most things going in a good direction. You know, I like living here. It's gotten very cold. We had snow flurries today. It's not going to be above freezing for the next 10 days, so I'm pretty worried about that. Um, getting moved into the hotel next Friday as I end my agreement with my landlady that I've spoken about before um, because she had very unrealistic expectations. So that's what's coming up over the next couple weeks. And whoever you are, wherever you're listening, if you're walking your dog, if you're sitting on your toilet, if you're taking a shower, if you're driving a car, um, if you own a music venue uh, on the outskirts of a city in North Carolina. I hope you're listening and enjoying hearing the update from Who's, who, who's Becca Stan. Take care. <laughs>